you guys are blessed. Hallelujah. You're blessed. Hallelujah. I want to read you a few things about joy uh, because I believe that joy is what makes the difference during times of trouble. Not just joy from the world, but I'm talking about joy that is an expression of faith in God. That's what I'm talking about. You understand? You know the thing that makes you different from someone who, you know, you say, well, what's the difference between me and someone else, my next door neighbor? The only thing different, the only thing different is your faith in God. That's what makes you different. That's, that's why uh, uh, if you, it, it, when, when storms come, you know, and, 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 things, and things happen, literally storms come, really the storm is not the issue. It's what you're going to do in the storm. And there's something about praise and worship and joy that keeps you strong when everybody else, they might not tell you they're going to quit, but you look at their lives 10 years from now and you know, and they'll tell you that was the day they'll start talking about things in their life and everything points to that. That's when they lost it all. That's when they never recovered. That's when things, you know, that never were the same for them. And although they thought they went on, really what they did is instead of, uh, uh, you know, it's like I said, faith doesn't always stop the storm, but it does keep the storm from stopping you. Do you understand? That's the difference. That's what makes uh, it so good to know God. You say, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, I believe God. And the same thing happened to me that happened to my neighbor who doesn't believe God. In fact, they looked at, they look better. Well, things are not always as they appear. And things that you think matter so much, give it a little while. And you know that thing that you thought, well, it got destroyed and, you know, there is, it didn't get destroyed. You know, in 10 years, that thing that didn't get destroyed, it's not worth nothing anymore. Now it's an old thing they're looking to get rid of. But what you got can't be, can't be taken from you with the storm. In fact, uh, this is what I wrote down, uh, actually, just for you tonight. Uh, the, mo- the thing I want you to understand about joy, your joy in the Lord, is that it's the greatest stabilizer you'll ever have in your life. So I'm looking for a way to get stable. You know, in uncertain times, people look for something that will not change. But I'm telling you, joy in the Holy Spirit does not change. You want to know why? Because of the source. It's the source that makes the difference. The source never gets contaminated, never gets destroyed. It's the source that makes the difference. And if you try to, you know, uh, get somebody who doesn't know God to, to understand it, you're talking to the wrong crowd. I will guarantee you, just like they did with Elijah in 1 Kings 17 or 18, when, uh, you know, the evil king Ahab, you know, uh, came face to face with Elijah after three, you know, three years in a drought. I mean, everybody, it was so bad. I mean, you know, it was really bad. But, you know, it's interesting that when he came face to face with Elijah, who represented God, he said to him, one of the things he said to him was, you are the one causing this trouble. And I've heard people saying that today. 
They're saying, you know, well, you know, I just believe that if it wasn't for the churches are really causing things to get, you know, trouble right now. If they, you know, they're just trying to cause people to, you know, uh, they're trying to proselytize and get people in, you know, right now because they're in trouble right now. No, you, you don't understand. No, the church is not the problem. The church is not the problem during this time. The church, God's not the problem. He's the answer. And if you remember, Elijah just looked at Ahab and said, you are wrong, Mr. Ahab. He said, I'm not the one causing this trouble. He said, I don't got, I'm not the one. Listen, just remember this. No matter what's happening, God is not the problem. He is the answer. You say, well, there's things I don't understand. Well, join the club and you're not the first member. If it bothers you that you don't understand everything, you know you're going to be bothered for the rest of your life. Because I got news for you. Even among the best, even among the best of us, there's everybody who's got different ideas. But there's one thing that's for sure. The one who puts his trust in God is the one who will not be stopped by the storm. Amen. I like to say joy is the greatest stabilizer you'll ever have in your life. Philippians 4, 4. I love what Paul told the Philippians. And you know, there are three places that Paul had the greatest trouble of his whole ministry. Three places. And one of them was Philippi. I mean, it was where he got, you know, beaten with rods and they were, I mean, three places that really identified trouble spots where all of the, 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 you know, the, 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 the uh, uh, where he would talk about being beaten and left for dead and stoned. And I'm not talking about marijuana. They came out of these three spots and Philippi was one of them. And the book of Philippians was written to the church in Philippi. And the church in Philippi became one of the most instrumental churches for world harvest during its era. Aren't wow. you glad? Isn't that amazing? Wow. wow. And, the, and he tells him in Philippians chapter 4 verse 4. He tells them, rejoice in the Lord always. No, wait a minute. How can you always rejoice in the Lord? In the Lord. There's a stabilizing. Joy is the greatest stabilizer you'll ever have in your life. Rejoice in the Lord. And then he he says, uh, you know, I just don't like preachers who say the same thing. And again, I say, (laughs) you said it once. Well, I'd like to say it again. So why do you need to say it again? I'll tell you why. Because you need to do it again. Yes. Oh, this is deep sheep tr- stuff, I know. <laughs> deep sheep. You know, deep sheep are in deep things. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Deep. What do you do? Oh, okay. Philippians. Uh, let me read this again. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I like this. Uh, listen to this paraphrase. Be full of joy always because you belong to the Lord. Amen. Woo. Glory to God. Another one says rejoice at all times. United as you are to the Lord. I repeat it. Rejoice. Now, this is pretty interesting. He he said, united as you are to the Lord. Because when he says, rejoice in the Lord always, he said, it's got something to do with your union. Now, if you look over in June, uh, June, if you look over, if you find the book of June, we are in trouble. If you look over, and then look over to the book of August, and then, no, look over. Oh, you've got one of those. 
Look over at John. John chapter 15. Look over at John now because we're talking about rejoicing because we are united to the Lord. Now, I'm just telling you, when you're a Christian, your source is different. In fact, you got a source of life and power that comes from God. Listen, that's when my world changed. When I found out, not only did I have a home in heaven, but heaven had a home in me. Woo, I'm telling you, that rung my bell, that flipped my pancakes, that lit my fire, and that's when things changed. Because I found out that I wasn't waiting for something to happen. But, you know, faith is really not making it happen. That's what God did in Jesus Christ. Faith, you know, you're not trying to, I'm trying to, to, you know, faith, I'm trying to produce healing. No, that's not what faith is about. I'm trying to produce freedom. No, that's not what faith is about. God produced the healing. God produced the freedom. And faith is where you are walking in the place where it has been produced. And really what you want faith for is to know what to do in order to enter into what God has given you. See, it's one thing to have uh, ownership of something. It's another thing to possess it. That's what faith does. Faith, you know, it's just like the children of Israel. God gave them the land. They had ownership of it. If you'd have looked in the title deed that God himself passed out, it would have said, land of Canaan belongs to children of Israel. Bought and paid for, signed God. It belonged to them. But uh, ownership is different. If you want to possess it, possessing is what faith is all about. Possessing is where you see what you have and then you take that knowledge and you move in to the new territory. Woo! Woo, glory to God. You say, what are you doing? Those giants are bigger than you. You say, yeah, but God's bigger than the giant. That's why, that's why Caleb and Joshua said, give me this mountain. Because it wasn't because they didn't see big giants. It's because they saw big God. That's what it's about. And so I'm just giving you the, you know, because re- you're never going to rejoice in the Lord if you don't understand what the Lord has done. You know, you say, well, you know, I'm not in Jesus. I mean, I don't get real happy when I think about Jesus. Well, then you just really haven't seen who he is. Because I'm telling you right now, he is the, I mean, he is the ultimate high. Do you understand? I mean, that's it, brother. It don't get no better than that. If that don't ring your bell, you, you know, I can't give you, it's the best I can do is Jesus. And I found out nobody can do it better. Hallelujah. So, uh, uh, it, it just doesn't come from anything or anyone, but what Jesus has done. So John chapter 15, we're talking about, uh, uh, that, that we're always full of joy because we are, uh, uh, united to the Lord. I repeat rejoice. Well, in John chapter 15, let me see what verse we want here. John chapter 15 verse, um, uh, let's see here. John, let me wait a minute. Hang on here. I'm going to make sure I get the right one. It's all good, but um, uh, he says, uh, 
Just, you, oh, I got somebody helping me preach on the front row here. That's always nice. Okay, verse 1. I am the true vine. I take all the help I can get. Thank you. My father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it might bear more fruit. Aren't you glad he gets rid of the dead weight? You say, oh, God's trying to make me smaller. No, he's trying to make you bigger. What he, listen, what you lose when you come to God, you don't want. I'm just telling you what you're thinking. I just want to keep that old snaggle, you know, ugly looking green couch. I just want to keep that old mold and mildewed carpet. I've had it in my house for 20 years. You know, that's what we do with our life. I just want to hold on to that old molded attitude. I just want to hold on to that old, that old stinking thinking. I just want to hold, that's what I've had for 20 years. It's, you know, how, you know, as Dr. Phil would say, and how's that working for you? God's trying to get you to understand. He's, I'm not trying to take something from you. I'm trying to make you something you didn't know you could be. Oh, bless God. Hallelujah. He said, uh, and then he says in verse five, I am the vine. You are the branches. Okay. Now I, he said, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Where's the fruit come from? The fruit comes from the vine. The vine is the one that supplies the nutrients for the fruit, not the branch. What does the branch do? Well, he tells you right there in verse, uh, uh, verse five, he said, abide in him. What does that mean? That means just hook up brother and just let it all flow through you. Well, what kind of fruit is he going to flow, is going to flow through you if you abide in him? I'm so glad you asked. Turn over to Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5, he tells us something that helps a lot of us when we think we're one of those people that just can't be, you know, can't be happy in the Lord. Galatians 5 verse 22. He said, you know, abide in me. I'm the vine, you abide in me, and if you'll abide in me, he said, you will bear much fruit. Why? Because of what you've done? No, because of what he's done, and you're hooked up to what he's done. That's what Christianity's all about. It's not the story of what you've done. You need to remember that when you're trying to rehearse what, what's going to happen in your life and, you know, when, what do you think's going to happen. You need to remember, Christianity is not about what you've done. It's about what God has done. And the power of what he's done will change what you can do. And so he says, abide in me and you'll bear much fruit. In Galatians 5, verse 22, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, uh, 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 gentleness, self-control against such. There is no law. What did he say? The fruit of the Spirit is love. What was that second one? What is, what is joy? It's a fruit of the Spirit. What does that tell you? That if you abide in Him, that joy is in Him. And if it's in Him, in the Lord, and you're in Him, then it's in you. And guess what? The source never changes. That's why joy is one of the greatest stabilizers in your life. The number one thing that joy will do in your life is make you triumph in tribulation. 
It doesn't mean you won't have tribulation. I wish I could tell you that. But it doesn't mean you it doesn't mean you won't have tribulation, but it does mean that tribulation won't have you. Now that ought to make you smile. You say, I sure would like it if everybody in this world, you know, was as nice as me and, you know, uh, you know, everything, you know, like uh, Brother Hagin always used to say, you know, it's not just going to fall off of you like ripe cherries off of a tree, you know, but it's going to be a result of someone who has not just ownership, but is possessing that which God has given. And so he says uh, uh, over in uh, um, uh, John chapter 16, verse 33. This will help some of y'all who think, you know, I just don't understand why we're having trouble. He says, uh, uh, um, verse 33 of John 16. Y'all don't mind reading the Bible, do you? These things I have spoken to you that, that where? Where? Come on now, y'all. I'm not making this up. This is, this is the, like Jesse Duplantis says, this is the hot sauce of the Bible. This is the red stuff. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, glory to God. He said, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You know what that tribulation, that word tribulation means? Pressure, oppression, stress. Anguish, adversity, things, it's like, he said, I like this definition from Strong. Imagine placing your hand on a stack of loose items and manually compressing them. That is what this word tribulation means. It literally means that they're, that it, that it's trying to put the pressure on you so that you will uh, 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 just be crushed under the weight of it. But Jesus said, I'm telling you this so that in me you'll have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. Aren't you glad he didn't stop there? You know, it's interesting how many people stop there. And see, I found out something about trouble. The issue is not having the trouble. The issue is where you stop. I'm just telling you. You may not always be able to stop the storm. But what faith does is it keeps the storm from stopping you. And that's exactly what Jesus said. He said, in the world, you will have tribulation. But, aren't you glad? I always tell people whenever you see that word, but that means Jesus is about to tell you or someone inspired by him something that you need to consider, not just what you have just heard. Something else that needs to be considered. He said, but be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. You know, it's a state of being. Be of good cheer. He said, just learn how to be happy. How you going to be happy in the Lord? Abiding in the vine. Letting the fruit come forth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to get you to let that, take that pressure off of your life. You know, in the world, you'll have pressure. Take that pressure off of your life and just let what's in you because you're in Christ come out. Woo, glory to God. In the world, you'll have uh, tribulation, but be of good cheer. He's just telling you. You, you. He said, be of good cheer. He said, just let yourself learn how to abide in me. He said, because why? Listen to that. Because I, he's talking about Jesus, have overcome the world. Hallelujah. You know what he said? He said, the very worst thing 
in your very worst days, don't forget about what I've done. Why? Because what he did could not be stopped by the devil's worst. It's not really what happened. I'm telling you, it's not about what happens to you. It's about what you, where you choose to stop. It's got nothing to do with what happens to you. One person looks outside and, you know, uh, I forget that. Well, never mind. I can't remember what it was, so never mind. But uh, make up something. No. Uh, it said, uh, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I love what he says uh, in, in Acts chapter 16. Now, just turn over here for just a second to Acts chapter 16. I'm all, I, I just think that... I, I just think it's important for us to see this because in Acts chapter 16, we see one of the places where, uh, out of Philippi, actually, uh, one of the places where Paul had some of his worst trouble. You know, I found out something about storms. They come because of two different reasons. They come, number one, when you're in the will of God, and they come, number two, when you're out of the will of God. Okay, that helps somebody. All right. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I found out something about storms. People who believe God have the same storms, but where somebody has opposition, another one sees opportunity. Where somebody else sees uh, uh, problems, another person will see purpose. And that's exactly what happens here in Acts chapter 16. Actually, the result, this happened because in Acts chapter 16, it says that uh, they had in verse 7, uh, uh, verse 9, they had a vision that uh, where a man, uh, Paul had a vision in the night where a man from Macedonia stood and said, come over here and help us. He actually redirected his life, redirected his course. I mean, you think, well, God told me to move to Gulfport. Why would God tell me to move somewhere where there's going to be all this problem at this point? I mean, just overwhelmed. In fact, when Paul described this problem in 1 Thessalonians, uh, uh, he, he talked about how that he was overwhelmed. He said, I looked for a place, uh, uh, I looked for a place we, to, 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 to find a place of release, but he said, I couldn't find a place. I was overwhelmed. Anybody, you know, feel like your mail's being read a little bit? said, I couldn't find a place. He said, especially, he said, I, I looked for a place. I was overwhelmed. Well, what happened here? This was the beginning of that time he began to talk about being overwhelmed. He had this dream to go to Philippi. He went. He got to Philippi. The first thing that happens in verse 14 is a woman named Lydia. Uh, her and her whole house is saved. Looks pretty good. Man, I think I hit the nail on the head. I'm in the right place, doing the right thing. And then the next thing that happens is a, a, a fortune teller, you know, comes and is 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 uh, delivered out of that 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 devilish uh, activity in her life. I mean, it looks like well, this ought to start a revival. I mean, come on, we got a whole household saved. We got somebody f- set free from the devilish uh, power. But you know what happens? Instead of a revival starting, a riot starts, and the riot starts, and they get all beat. Every one of them get beat with rods. I mean, this is getting tough real quick. Now, I mean, real quick, and you can either, at this point in time, you can either say you had a nightmare, or you can say, God gave me a dream. 
And if God gave me a dream, then this is not my place to stop. This is my place to believe God. And literally, that's exactly what Paul did in Acts chapter 16. It says that Paul, uh, over in, 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 as they got beaten with rods and they were uh, stripped and they, verse 23, they threw them into prison and they said, they received this charge and put them in the inner prison. In other words, he said, we want to make it as tough on them as we possibly can. And then when he gets over, and I love this scripture and it just kept coming to me today, so I'm going to read it and the pastor referred to it. It says, in verse 25, there's another... What's the first? Well, I got the new King James and the new King James. The first word is, but woo, glory to God. Aren't you glad there's something else to consider besides the trouble? There's something else to consider besides being beaten with rods. There's something else to consider. You want to know why Paul was able not only this was the first missionary journey. You want to know why he had a second one and a third one? Because he didn't stop here. I found out something about the devil. He's not really after your past. He's not after your stuff. He's after your future. Listen, and the way he tries to control your future is by getting what happened in your past to determine what, what happens in your future. You say, how do you quit? Do, how do you make that not happen in your life? You find out what's in the Lord. And at that point, when you're dealing with trouble, you rejoice about what's in him. And what's in him, Jesus said, overcomes the world. Woo, glory to God. And that's exactly what Paul and Silas did when they were in prison. I wonder if Silas was thinking, why did I come on this trip? Really, they went, they went to the church in Antioch, and that's where, you know, Silas was sitting down from the church in Jerusalem. And Paul said, why don't you come on a trip with me? And so Silas thought, prayed about it, and, you know, thought, well, yes, I believe God's telling me to go. I bet when he's in stocks in these, you know, some people, when they got all chained up, they'd think. Some people would get mad at God at that point. Get mad at God. What you want to get mad at God for? He's not mad at you. What you want to get mad at God for? He's your answer. You say, well, it's tough. Well, I got news for you. It's tough with God. It's tough without God. But I'll tell you something about when it's tough with God. When it's tough with God, you got something that without God you don't have. You say, what is it? Faith. What is it that brings you into the promised land? Your good looks? No. Faith. And so he said, in Acts, and, what, and so in Acts chapter 16, you sure surprised? Sure surprise? It says, but at midnight, I love this. I love this because at midnight, it says Paul and Silas, Silas were praying, but they weren't just praying. Why were they not just praying? Because there's something about rejoicing that gives victory and, and it, it, it stabilizes you when you're in a position where you are. Uh, 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 things are uncertain. When you start rejoicing in the Lord in the midst of uncertainty, you don't know what's going to happen next, but you do know in whom you have believed. And when you do that, it activates your, your uh, ability to walk in faith. And so they said at midnight, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I like what the message Bible says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing a robust hymn to God. Don't you like that? Robust. 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 Robust
Hallelujah. It's like we were at the last church we were at and one of the ladies at the church had a turkey. And this turkey, you know, before the storm, she said this turkey just uh, really, it, it was known as the, the, the one that liked to strut his stuff. And I mean, beautiful, all these multicolors and he'd come, she'd whistle and, and he'd come up to her front porch in the, in the morning and, and he'd take all his feathers and strut. I don't know if you've ever seen a turkey do that, but they all get real big and he'd stick his chest out and, you know, strut his feathers, all these colors. And she said the day after the storm, she said, I didn't know if the turkey made it or not, but she said, I whistled. And she said, Long bout over coming around the corner. She said, I saw this ugly looking thing. She had all these little white picky things sticking out of it. All the feather. Every, she said all of his feathers were gone except for just a few, you know, cockeyed ones here and there. She said, I don't know how he survived. I don't know what happened to him. I mean, you know, I can just, she said, I could just imagine by looking at him. He must have gotten knocked around a few times. But. She said, he came and she said, he comes straggling. She said, I lost my rooster, but my turkey survived. And she said, he came up to the, around the front porch as he did. She whistled like she normally did when he would strut. And she said, when she whistled, he threw his chest back and all these little pokey little old things were, and he just went, and I told her, I said, that's right. He might've lost his feathers, but he didn't lose his strut. I said, that's what happens to a person that knows how to rejoice in the Lord. Yeah, I might have. In fact, she gave me a picture of him. You didn't know I was a soul sister. (laughs) She gave me a picture of him. I I mean, you you almost don't think it's a turkey. The only way you can tell it's a turkey is it's got this little red thing, you know, down here. And he's all these little folks. And he just, she said, I'm telling you, it's like, you may think I look ugly, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm exactly the same. Glory to God. I just tell you, there's sometimes you need to learn how to stretch your stuff. Come on, you know, and that's exactly what Paul and Silas did. They sang a robust hymn. I bet they were strutting a little bit. And I look just the same. It says, but this is what, now this is what I want you to get now. Hey, listen. Listen, wait a minute, sister. Wait, I got one more point. Listen to this now. I'm going to tell you this story out of the message Bible. Listen to this stuff. Because you say, why does it make a difference if I will rejoice in the Lord? I'm so glad you asked. Why does it matter? I just don't feel like rejoicing. I'm going to heaven. Jesus is my Lord. Yeah, but I'm telling you right now, it's up to you to put the hope that's in the Lord in the world. I'm telling you the truth. And so here's Paul and Silas and about midnight, it says, now I'm just going to read this to you out of the message Bible because it's so good. It says the other prisoners couldn't believe their ears. It said the other prisoners heard them. Then a huge earthquake, the jailhouse tottered, every door flew open and all the prisoners were loosed. Woo! the first jailhouse rock. How about that? Woo, glory to God. In other words, it didn't matter how many prisoners they were. They were all loose. But watch this. Watch this. Now, this all happened 
Because somebody rejoiced in the Lord, not when they were sitting on their front porch with their car just clean and their carpet brand new and their, their roof all put back on. Not when everything was in place. They were rejoicing right after they'd been beaten with rods, right after they'd been put in the darkest dungeon that, that the, the enemy could find for them. Do you understand? Listen to me. That's not your stopping place. And you know, you say, well, I, well, how do I know if I've stopped or not? Tell me what is moving you. Because whatever moves you controls you. Tell me what you're talking about. I know you got to deal with the issues. That's not my point. What is it that makes you strut? Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know how, do you still, listen to me. If you will sing in prison, you won't stay in prison. So let me read this to you out of the message Bible. I'm almost through. It says the jailhouse tottered. Every door flew open. All the prisoners were loose. Now watch this. Now you say, why does it even matter if I, if I choose to rejoice? Well, I'm going to tell you, if you give me a chance, startled from sleep, the jailer saw all the doors swinging loose on their hinges, assuming all the prisoners escaped. He pulled out his sword about to do himself in figuring he was as good as dead. Anyway, when Paul stopped and said, don't do that. We're still here. Nobody's run away. You know what that tells me? Paul and Silas weren't singing. To get out of prison, they were singing to get God in the prison. Say, well, I'm rejoicing. I mean, I understand, you understand the jail, the the earthquake happened. But what they were doing was they weren't just singing so they could get out of the prison. They were singing so they could get God in the prison. Glory to God, because I'm telling you, when God moves in, bondage moves out. Only room for one. Hallelujah. And he's the big one. And so the jailer, it says, he badly shaken. He collapsed in front of Paul and Silas. He led them out of jail and says, sirs, what do I have to do to be saved? To really live? What do I have to do? People ask that when they have no other option for their life. When it looks like they're at the end, they're ready to quit. There's only one thing that keeps you from quitting. If you know what to do to be saved. What must I do? And Paul said, uh, he said to him, he said, uh, put your entire trust in the master Jesus. Then you'll live as you were really meant to live. I like that. You know, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. He said, you'll live as you were meant to live. Everyone in your house included. They went on out to spell out the details of the entire story. They never did go to bed that night. Glory to God. Let the party last all night, all night long. Okay. He said, uh, they never did go to bed. He said there in his home, the, the jailer, he said food sent out for a festive meal. This is good. It was a night to remember. Watch what happened here. What made it a night to remember? Two guys at their worst position received God's best because they didn't forget to rejoice. 
And he said, it was a night to remember. He and his entire family put their trust in God. Now watch what happened. I like the way it says it in the Message Bible. In the King James Bible, it says, uh, uh, he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household. Now he's rejoicing. How come he's rejoicing? Because they didn't quit rejoicing. In the Message Bible, it says, everyone in the house was in on the celebration. Woo! Spread a little love around. Hey, listen to this. Listen to me. Listen to me. It's not something you can contain. Joy and rejoicing in the Lord releases others when they're exposed to it. It's not just what happens to you. It's what happens through you. And I'm telling you, you are on the edge of the possibilities of the power of God. And all you're doing is rejoicing in him. Somebody here. Somebody here. Hallelujah. Just everybody throw your head back. Maybe you got a few feathers missing, but just go ahead and strut for a moment. We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, and our ministry itinerary so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries. Thank you and God bless you.